Welcome to Checks and Balances. I'm Michael Vincent. This is James Blair. And this week we're getting through them, our money month episodes. If you can't manage 50K, you won't be able to manage 500K. Day 21. And we are back to a budgeting concept, but it's a different spin on it because mm. in the past, Mike, we've spoken about how to budget. Yeah. This is talking about that essentially more money does not fix all your problems. Nah, and it's a really common misconception or a, a common theme that we hear from a lot of our customers. And don't get me wrong, I'm sure for a lot of people, an extra 10K would make the world of difference. Um, but not having an additional 10K is not an excuse not to have your budget uh, under management, right? Or, or, or sort it out. And we hear it all the time, like, oh, if only, like, if I just had that pay rise, if I just had 10K more, life would be so much different. I'd be so much better at managing everything. I'd have all the bills cleared. I'd have my short-term debt done. Yeah, you might, but if you implemented a budget, you might just be able to do it now. Yeah, and coming back to the kind of the, the, the budgeting piece and the negative connotations around it, the whole premise of this episode and the idea if you can't manage 50K, you can't manage 300K, is that you know the way you manage a small amount of money will likely predict how you manage a large sum of money. Mm. We've been financial advisors for over 25 years combined. And it's 100% true. Yeah. Um, we can, I can, when I'm talking to grads and young people, mm. I can pick the future winners based off kind of the conversation and, and then how they're managing their money to start with early in life. Oh, yeah. And I'm not one for the quotes and for the inspirational chat, but it is a mindset thing. Yep. Like, honestly, there's, everything around budgeting is a mindset thing. If you think budgeting is negative connotations, I'm going to miss out. It's just for poor people. It's not me. I'm better than that. That is the wrong mindset to have. Fundamentally, you are never going to be able to manage your money with that mindset. Michael Vincent, not one for inspirational quotes, but if you believe you can achieve. Who's going to carry the boat, yeah. James? <laughs> oh, please do not start <laughs> quoting David Cockins. Everyone will give us one-star reviews. But while we're talking about it, hit us with a five-star review. Um, so yeah, it's all about habits. It's all about mindset. And it's all about financial dis discipline. Um, there's also this really interesting study just along the concept of more money doesn't equal, uh, you know, better budgeting or saving more money, where there's this graph of how much money you earn versus how happy you are. Mm. And as you earn more money, the graph keeps going up. So you get happier. Yeah. And around 120000 New Zealand dollar, it plateaus. Very interesting, Mike. According to the study, you do not get happier after 120 k I don't know. I'm a lot happier on 400k than I was on 120. <laughs> no, I'm not on 400k. Ravi clipped that. Um, <laughs> I, like, I, I don't think, I don't believe that it's 120. I mean, they're obviously a lot smarter than me, whatever, it's fine. They've done the study. I think it's probably a little bit higher than that. But um, yeah, I, I, I definitely think the concept is valid and that there is a certain point where actually more money does not just stop making you happier, but it makes you much more stressed mm. and much less trusting of people and much harder to form personal relationships with new people. And you and I know a lot of pretty bloody wealthy people. Um, and it is an interesting kind of, uh, I guess, dynamic that they have with money and relationships to people, even down to the little things like who pays for the dinners out, right? Yeah. Are we all looking at the one person all the time or are we splitting it like mm. mates would, you know? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, I would also say the reason why you think 120K is not, is not enough is because of your lavish lifestyle. Maybe if you just ran it back in a little bit, 
Uh, you'd be a little bit more Are we happy. doing my financial plan on here? <laughs> Are we doing a check-in? Is this that's, our six-monthly check-in, Jack? That's tomorrow. Is it? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's that's really the the big part. The other concept is going, I mean, sometimes when we're doing, especially doing like presentations and businesses and those sort of things, sometimes we'll trigger people mm. and we'll go kind of like, here's a concept of how to manage money. But here's an example as well. Re- a really common room. You know the one we do where we talk about Kiwi saver projections, mm. different contribution levels, different risk profiles as an average income of 80K. Mm. And people get on their high horse and go, nobody at 20 earns 80 grand. This is not applicable to me. Oh. And it's just like, that is not the concept. The concept is about, firstly, it's an average income across your working age. Yeah. But then secondly, it's about talking about different levels of risk. So the idea that you need lots of money to say invest or save or budget or mm. start an emergency fund, even if, for example, all of your money, you're, you're spending all of your money. I spoke to a, a couple the other day, three kids, household income of about 140K. And she said to me, I'm a bad budgeter. And I was like, let's go no. through the budget. I went through the budget and I was like, you're not a bad budgeter. You just have a lot of bills. They had kids in daycare. Yeah like their rent, all of those sort of things. So even if you're not saving, a really good action, if your income isn't high enough, is just being really clear about where your money goes. Yeah. And it's essentially just taking control of your future, right? Mm. It, could I be doing something different than I'm currently doing? Yeah, and everyone asks us for the rule around that. We get, we get asked oh, constantly, yeah. should I save 20%? Should I save 30%? What percentage of my income should I save? There is no percentage. It is very different for each household based on the demographics and the makeup and the income of that household. If you're a single mom with two kids versus someone who's, you know, living at home and they're 24, mm. uh, what percentage of you saving should be completely different because your yeah. expenses and your responsibilities are completely different. And if you are living at home at 24, you better be bloody you saving a lot better. of money because it's one hell of an opportunity. I love oh, people yeah. staying at home. And that's, and that's the reason why some people, when we're talking about first-home buyers and they say, oh, like, I say, you know, I would say 80% of people get help from their parents and it's not just here's cash. It's like, okay, cool. You can come and live at home rent free or like at a really low rent rate. So you can save a whole lot more. I'm like, go do it. Mm. You save so much money. Yeah, for sure. And the significance of 50K is that if you're earning under 50K, it's very, very tough depending on your situation and you're not saved any. But at 50K, if you've got like a, you know, a modest level of expenses. It's not out the gate. You're not, you know, don't have multiple kids and all that kind of thing is that you can start to manage money, pay your bills, maintain some sort of, um, I guess, cash flow management, right? Yeah. And if you're looking at this and you're thinking, <clears throat> these guys don't know what they're talking about. If I, if, I, if I had that windfall, if I had that big paycheck, oh God, I'd be set up for life. I would manage that thing out the gate. I'd never have to work again. Well, statistically, you would be wrong. We've done an episode on this previously where we look at that sudden windfall of money. Uh, and that one spe- specifically was about lottery uh, and the percentages of people who are broke, dead, or in jail a year after they win lotto is absolutely out the gate. Well, you reckon you'd be dead. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think we can agree on that. Or all of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when, when you have a lower income, it's really about developing skills that will help you in the future. To Mike's point, Nobody is really, if you can't manage 50K, you are completely screwed if you Mm. win lotto. You are going to stuff up one hell of an opportunity. So if, you know, in preparation for your lotto win in the future, make sure you can manage 50K. Yeah. So Mike, some of the skills that we develop 
with smaller amounts. Let's just go through some of that. So the first one is budgeting. Living within your means is such an important skill because it allows you to allocate money wisely. The key to kind of wealth creation and financial freedom is save some money and then deploy capital. You need to do step one, save Mm. money. Yeah, and it's everyone wants the fun stuff, which is the deploying capital. You've got to have the foundation first, right? So it's allocating those funds wisely. The saving piece, right? And saving an emergency fund is step one, right? You've got to have some cash in your back pocket for when things go wrong, not if things go wrong. But beyond that, you really got to start saving to have that capital to deploy. And that may not be putting money in a savings account. That might be paying down your mortgage faster. Mm. That might be putting it in a revolving credit account. There's different kind of forms that this can take that gives you a sum of capital sooner rather than later that you can deploy. Yeah, that emergency fund is super important, which we've spoken about this month already. Yep. Investing. So if you want to learn about investing, funnily enough, you need some money. So you need to be able to manage that lower income so you can deploy even like micro-investing, really mm. small amounts so you can understand you know, real-life examples of, of how money goes up and down and the way you want to learn to invest you know, risk, return, patience. Yeah. With the investing piece, please keep in mind, everyone wants to be Warren Buffett. Everyone thinks they're smarter than the market. If you are out there picking direct stocks, high yield, you know, high risk uh, investment strategies, and the hope that, you know, I'm smarter than someone else and this is going to pay off, 99.9% of the time, it will not pay off. Mm. Um, you are better to just invest in the market and invest in something where long-term averages where you will grow your wealth over time. And that's not sexy advice. James and I are never going to tell you to put all your money on Bitcoin because I'll tell you what, I just think it's a scam uh, and he thinks it's too risky. Uh, so look, it's small, consistent steps, investing in the market, using leverage. That's what's going to grow you your wealth. You were drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so th- let's talk about the pitfalls of 500k. So, oh, there's so many money, so many people that absolutely screw this opportunity mm. up. The stat in the US was one third of Americans who earn over 250k live paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, crazy. Which I know people listening to be like this. How does that happen? So easily. When, this is what this whole podcast is about. Yeah. If you not know where your money is going, you will just be like, oh. I deserve that holiday or I deserve to go out for dinner or my kids deserve to go to a good school or um, I deserve that new pair of shoes. And it goes like that. I feel like this whole episode is just personally attacking me. <laughs> <laughs> Get no, your shit you, together, Mike. You, you are right though. And it's like, it seems like a very difficult thing to imagine when you're sitting on 50K that a household on 250K is living paycheck to paycheck and that there is, you know, the same stress in that household as you have around uh, your cash and your budget. But I can tell you that that is much more stress mm. a lot of the time. Like you, they know if the music stops and those bills keep coming in and those, uh, you know, those loan payments keep coming in, that it is very, very stressful. Yeah. I also think this may be somewhat controversial and this certainly doesn't apply to everybody who earns big money, you know, not by any extent. Sometimes there's a le- level of arrogance mm. that comes with larger amounts of money. Once again, making this episode about Mike. <laughs> um, there can be sometimes a level of arrogance going, I don't need to know where my money is going because I earn enough. Yeah. But if you have that kind of mindset, you will always be working for that paycheck. If you do not deploy your capital and start getting compounding returns and then it swings back around, it will pay you an income 
for as long as you live, you will have to earn that paycheck. Also, there's a bit of arrogance around spending money and that sort of like conscious consumption where people want to be seen, you know, just to be buying stuff and like just to be consuming things because it indicates some sort of level of wealth and status where you're like above other people, which is like really prevalent in sort of Instagram society. Mm. Um, Cool. So, you know, once uh, I guess one of the other pitfalls of having that much money is then when you go to deploy the capital, you just invest in bad things, mm. you know. Uh, and we Mike, I want to start a restaurant. Can you? Uh, oh my god! <laughs> the, can I give you the concept of my restaurant quickly? Okay, so I'm going to open a bakery. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm there. And it's going to be <laughs> instantly. I'm there. It's going to be cakes, but they're not going to look like cakes. <laughs> they're going to look like other objects. James and I went on a, a work trip, uh, and it was we were planning this. You know, it was, it was a couple of days away. We're playing this big, big, wild, wild, you know, with the lads, like lad to get in. Um, and then, you know, uh, day Way two, to make us sound like some finance bros. I know, <laughs> but they're like, well, we'll get this day two. Uh, you know, it's 8.30. James and I are just sitting there watching Is It Cake on Netflix. being like, we should just go to bed, man. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> a so, phenomenal show. I'm so tired. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Ooh, no, we but- should do Is It Scam. <laughs> <laughs> what, well, we cut it open? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, it was just a person. Um <laughs> So falling for bad investment schemes, I do see this quite a bit going, well, I could help this person and I would be able to financially recover. Never do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Keep it nice and boring. Um, property, managed funds, paying down debt. Um, not diversifying investments due to overconfidence is another big one. And then coming back to the forgetting the basics of budgeting and saving. I don't need to do these. I own enough money that it all work out for me and I'm going to go and buy bigger assets. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so we're going to wrap it up there. Um, The big thing in terms of actions for this episode is this is really talking about making sure you've got control of your money now and as your income goes up. So going back to the budgeting episode, clarity of where your money is going and then managing lifestyle creep as your income goes up a great way to do that is to update automatic payments before you get paid yep. and making sure you have those clear goals to keep you motivated. Please give us a sub, give us a review, and we will catch you tomorrow. Cheers. 